Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Ruther Library. I'm Dan Galadner, and I'll be your host today. Coming to you straight from Wayne State University, Walter P. Ruther Library, in the heart of Detroit, Michigan, where next week we will be having a wonderful event on the Cass Corridor. I still call it the Cass Corridor. What do you call it, Troy? I still call it the Cass Corridor, too, even though it was rebranded Midtown Detroit by the time I got here. Oh, good for you. Such an historian. That's right. The event we're talking about is Noel Night, a big event here in the Cass Corridor, cultural center of Detroit. And we're going to be talking to Meg and Courtney about it because she's our outreach archivist and she's doing some wonderful things to bring people into the Ruther Library. Troy, have you ever been to Noel Night? Uh, I have, but mostly I spend Noel Night making hot chocolate for it to give out to people for free at the Ruther Library. And folks, her hot chocolate is so it's better than Swiss Miss, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you don't use Swiss Miss, do you? No. no. It is a secret. Sorry, folks. Can't tell you about it. It, it is not yeah. Swiss Miss. It is a, uh, a Ruther Library original recipe, uh, highly guarded, Should we well-researched. Should we start doing a Ruther cookbook? Oh, we should. But then the secret's out. Yeah. Uh, well. um, I've come down to Noel Night many times with the baby. Um, but also my own doing holiday shopping. Folks, this is the best place to do holiday shopping of local stuff, especially over at the Center of Creative Studies. Those people put out some wonderful things. I got a great scarf for my mom one year. She still wears it, still talks about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, strap in, enjoy. Thanks a lot. Hi, Megan. How are you doing? Hi, Dan. I'm good. How are you? I'm just well. I'm very excited about next couple of weeks we're going to have Noel Night. Yes. Why don't you tell those who don't live in Detroit or new to Detroit what Noel Night is? Yes. Okay. So Noel Night is um, an annual uh, event that happens in the Midtown area of Detroit, um, kind of centered around the cultural center. So right around where the DIA is and then further south where there's some businesses and shops and things. And really the goal of it is to... Um, have a free community event where people are able to celebrate the holiday season and experience cultural things. So all the museums and whatnot in the area that participate are free of charge for that night. There are performances throughout the area. So like churches will have free performances that people can participate in. There are various historical displays that we have, we do some of those and they do some at Detroit Historical Society and other places. So it's really a fun night where you can get a lot of um, performance, you can see art, history, all those things. And it really draws together the people in this region for a fun event to, to celebrate the holiday season. And get your holiday shopping in. You can, yeah. There's there's a, plenty of shopping to be done. I was reading up a bit about it and it was started based by this organization called Detroit Adventure. Could you tell us a bit about what Detroit Adventure was? Yeah. So Noel Night has been happening for, this is going to be the 46th year, but Detroit Adventure actually started earlier than that. So they um, formed in 1959. And Detroit Adventure at the time was just sort of a partnership between a lot of the cultural institutions in this immediate area nearby the Ruther. So Wayne State was a partner in that group. Detroit Public Library, um, Detroit Institute of Arts, Detroit Historical Museum, Scarab Club. So there's kind of a list of, of several institutions in the area that 
joined together and their goal is to promote the cultural experience here in the Midtown area, which no one really called it at the time. Um, the cultural center um, was how they referred to themselves. Um, so that can be things like uh, art, music, that type of stuff. One of the main things that they did was to produce a monthly calendar. So their goal was to help people know about arts in this area and be able to participate in them more fully. So it got them to, let's say, the sympathies of concerts, got them to art openings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like exhibits, I'm sure at the main institutions would have been listed, uh, musical performances. The first kind of series of events they did was in the spring and summer of 1959. And that actually was kind of more sort of lectures on art. So they were meant for the public, um, but they were definitely focused on your sort of uh, high art, if you will, more of a <laughs> classical type experience, not not quite as much focused on fun the way that we think about Noel Night now. Right, right. So it sounds like Detroit Adventure was more on the academic side in a way. Um, and meanwhile, you had a burgeoning arts culture going on in the Cass Corridor. Did they involve a lot of the Detroit community, the Cass Corridor artists, and uh, let's just say also the uh, explosion of rock music, yeah. you know, MC5, Iggy Pop, and all them? Yeah, so especially... I mean, 1959 and especially up through the mid-60s, um, they definitely had a focus on what they saw as the traditional urban museum experience where you've got this uh, very high-end collection of classical pieces that is funded by, you know, kind of an elite. People like the Fords are donating their art to the DIA. This is not people's art experience so much in the first in the few, first several years. That's not to say that some of the people participating in the art scene didn't go to them. I don't know. They might have. Yeah. Um, they were free. They could have gone. But they, they certainly didn't have, especially in those early years, any events that focused on the sort of on-the-ground art and culture experience that's happening, particularly in Cass Corridor. But then that shifted a little bit. And then that's when they brought in – well, I remember reading – there's a blog post on our website, folks, so you can read more about this. Ray Charles and Frank Zappa showed up. Yeah. So it's it's sort of in the late 60s, early 70s when – I mean, they've – changed leadership at that point. So they have different directors than the people that were in charge in the first couple of years. And I think that they had a different viewpoint on what art meant for a city. So you do see, yeah, people like Ray Charles and Frank Zappa's performances showing up in the calendar. But again, those people, particularly at the time, were very much popular musicians. They weren't um, having small shows. They were having pretty pretty well-attended events. So they were at that point considered to be a cultural experience, but they didn't have listings for every you know house show and small venue in those Detroit Adventure calendars that were being produced at all. But Detroit Adventure then did sponsor Noel Night, right? That was their big thing. When was when was the first one? Okay. So um, the first Noel Night actually took place in 1973. And it's actually kind of interesting to note that from 1959 up to the mid-70s, Wayne State was really doing a lot of, actually all of the administrative support for um, the, the Detroit Adventure work. So Wayne State is funding the office space. They're funding the um, support staff. And uh, the other organizations are, are really putting on a lot of the programming. But as far as keeping, you know, getting the, the programs and the calendars printed and whatnot, that was a Wayne State endeavor. That was a lot of what they were contributing at the time with the addition of student performances and things like that, things that were going on on, uh, on campus in the theaters. Um, but things really start to change uh, mid-70s, late-70s. The Detroit Adventure Group starts Noel Night specifically um, in 1973. So that's where we get that this year is going to be the 46th year that it takes place. And 1973 um, really did focus on 
uh, the cultural center institutions. So again, the DIA, the um, historical museum, the library, um, that was the core at the time. And it was a much smaller group that participated in Detroit Adventure then. Let's see, in 1970, there were 28 organizations that participated in Detroit Adventure, so um, a few more by 73, but not that many. Um, And they really focused on things like having carolers. Um, The museums, again, were open, so they were doing um, similar to what they do now, much bigger scale these days. But it was such a success in 1973 that they really kind of started to shift focus because they got so much more of a, a broad audience that wanted to have holiday fun and uh, these people would be drawn into museums that maybe on a regular paid day wouldn't come, but if it's for a holiday celebration, if it's for a day when they can bring all of the kids uh, and not have to pay for them separately, that's one of the biggest benefits that I think they really figured out with Noel Night and still true that you can have this really interesting cultural experience and a really good time no matter where you're from or how much money you bring to the event. Um, it's really open to everybody to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, it's really grown. I mean, I think the last I read was they attracted somewhere to thirty five to 40,000 people. Yeah. For it. And last year there were, so I mentioned that in 1970, there were 28 organizations involved in Detroit Adventure. So last year's Noel Night had 105 participating locations, which is so much. And I think, I mean, what I've seen from some people that have been frustrated about it is that they just wish they had more time to go see everything. You can't possibly get everywhere um, with that many institutions, but, and, and, you know, shops and churches and all that stuff. But it's, there's always new stuff to see and, and new places to go. Okay, eventually uh, Detroit Adventure petered out. Who who took the reins, basically, from what they were doing? So Detroit Adventure, um, kind of as it was founded as this partnership of cultural institutions in the city, existed basically until 1980. So up until that point, Wayne State was doing all the support for it. In the 80s, uh, Wayne State experienced a lot of severe budget cuts. The, the funding for higher education coming from the state um, really dwindled. And so... They weren't able to support a full office that ran Detroit Adventure anymore. And they put out an announcement that the cultural calendars that they had been doing would be, they wouldn't print any more of those after 1980. So a couple of things changed a little bit. Those sort of lectures about art, um, the calendar itself, those stopped happening. And then eventually the administrative duties were taken over by a group called the University Cultural Center Association which was sort of funded by a lot of these, small in small parts, by a lot of these different organizations. And they were started a few years before they actually took over Noel Night, but they took over in 1980. So they continued that going. It was one of the most popular events that really Detroit Adventure ever did. And people were, by that time, pretty attached to it because it is so much fun. Uh, and eventually they just changed their name to Midtown Detroit, Inc. because it wasn't anymore just focused on the University Cultural Center. It's more of a community organization that does things like supporting businesses, getting people to live in the area. So it's not specific just to art and culture anymore. So Midtown Detroit, they're the people that, that run Noel Night now, and they've been doing a really great job. I mean, like I said, in recent years, the number of institutions that are participating has really like blown up. It's been a, a, a huge interest especially as more people want to move back to Detroit, things like that. Uh, And I should mention that they also run some other cultural events. They do um, de-electricity, which happens in the fall. That's a really fun event that it's in partnership with uh, DTE, but they do art installations and things that run on electricity. Um, Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool. cool. And it's, it's again, in a similar area where, you know, nearby the museums and they close down the streets. People are able to experience the city in a different way than they are on your average day. They also run the new center park, 
movie screening series, mm-hmm. which is, again, a lot of fun. And that's another situation where people are able to access these free movies. It's a really cool park. It's a it's a fun experience that is applicable to anybody that is interested in participating. Very cool. So when did the Ruther get involved with this? We used to not be participating in Noel Night, but now we do. So when did we yeah. start doing that? What were we doing? Well, so this is going to be our third year uh, participating in the full list of institutions. And, you know, for us, I think we had talked about it for a couple years. We weren't exactly sure what we would do. But then we realized that, you know, we're right here in the cultural center um, and we do have a lot of stuff that people like to see. So, again, just like the whole event overall, it does draw in people who might not come in the door on another day. But once they get in, they realize that the stuff in here is really cool. So this year we're going to be doing, let's see, what do we have? We've got some musical performances um, that should be really fun. There are some people in the library system that are performers. So they and some of their friends will be performing music related to the holidays, but also related to the labor movement, which is one of our main collecting areas. So that's really fun for us. We are going to be having, of course, refreshments. Um, I know the famous hot chocolate, right, Troy? (laughs) So much hot chocolate. (laughs) Troy's our hot chocolate expert if you have any any. Inquiries about that. All right. What else are we doing? Um, so we have uh, one fun thing that we do that a lot of people like is that we have this really rich collection of images from the Detroit News that really depict a lot of things about Detroit history and places and people in Detroit. So one of the things we do is to create backdrops using these photos and then allow people to take their picture as though they are themselves shopping at Hudson's during the holiday season or skiing down a hill. Um, they're at Belle Isle by the ice fountain or whatever it might be. So those are really fun. Um, We have a Hanukkah table, so people are going to be able to learn about the dreidel game, sample a little bit of gelt. We're going to be having a couple of other takeaways. I think we're going to be doing story time this year, so that's going to be fun. We're going to get some books out of our uh, special collections that focuses on children's literature here at Wayne State, and we will be doing those story times on the half hour. So it's going to be like 530, for example, we'll have a story time for the kids that are available that want to hear a story from our collections. Um, So a lot of things, really something for everybody. I think every year we've done this, we've maybe added a thing that we want to do. So it's growing um, and we have a lot of activities and indoor restrooms. So those are nice, too. (laughs) Very important. Yes, it's truly very important. So when is Noel's night this year? This year it is December 1st. They're changing the schedule a little bit. So places like the um, Detroit Institute of Arts kind of those big museums that are museums all the time are going to be open during the afternoon for their programming. And then I think everybody else is going to be, so things like churches, et cetera, they're going to be open a little bit later in the day. Um, We've decided to kind of split the difference because we are so far north. So we're going to go from four to nine this year. And like I mentioned, we're going to be doing all of those things for all of that time. All right. You've been coming down to Noel night. You've been doing Noel night. Where Uh do I park? Oh yeah. So (laughs) parking is, it's a, it's a question. Sometimes people get very stressed out about parking, but I heard last year that actually the the Wayne State parking lots didn't fill up for quite some time, and they're very close to us. So what I recommend, and what I think is a is a good option, is if you park in parking lot one, which is at Cass and Palmer, then you know parking lots around that area, you can do some of that cultural center stuff like the DIA or Detroit Historical visiting us, for example, a little bit earlier in the day, and then if you head down further, do a little shopping and maybe a little eating. And then you can head back up this way um, and hit up the things that you missed on your way back. Uh, that's kind of a good loop. Some people that's do. A good loop, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. people do park on side streets, but especially further down past Warren, it gets 
it, it's pretty hotly contested. Um, do be careful. I know that parking in the garages isn't free, but it is. you will definitely not get towed from there. So that's a yeah. plus. And also there's the queue line. There's electric scooters. There's bikes. There's so many ways to get around in the there, cast corridor. Yes. Even in the last couple of years, there are so many more opportunities. Um, the scooters are fun. Um, Have you been doing them? Uh, it's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, of course, this is a podcast from from an archive. So, of mm. course, we have historical collections. And so we must know, where does someone learn more about Detroit Adventure? Yeah. So um, our collections are a big part of the way that I know about the, you know, going back to 1959 history. Um, we have uh, a collection that consists mostly of the, those programs and then the monthly calendars of cultural events. So we've got some of those. If anybody wants to know what kind of events were happening, who was participating, we have a, a collection that relates to um, Wayne State's university president, Clarence Hilberry, who was very interested in arts and whatnot. And so through the president's office, he was supporting a lot of the early days of uh, Detroit Adventure. And there's things like correspondence, planning related stuff um, that you can find in the Hilberry collection. I think we've got a little bit of stuff in Richard McGee papers, and that's going to be another person who was involved in the arts and cultural organizations in the city. So communicating with the Detroit Adventure Group um, for collaboration reasons. And I should also mention that the the actual archival collection that's called the Detroit Adventure Records um, is just across the street from us there at the Burton Historical in the DPL, the Detroit Public Library. So if you haven't actually visited the the room there in Detroit Public Library, it is another archive that's nearby to us, and they focus on some city stuff as well, so they've got some interesting material related to Detroit Adventure. Yes, they do. All right, this is going to be a fun time. Can't wait. It is going to be a fun time, and I do encourage everybody to stop by the Ruther Library, get some snacks, get some takeaways, get your picture taken. We are happy to see all of you, and we are doing our prep now. And bathrooms. And bathrooms. <laughs> Tales from the Ruther Library is a production of the Walter P. Ruther Library of Labor and Urban Affairs at Wayne State University, coming to you from the heart of the Cultural Center of Detroit, Michigan. The producers of Tales from the Ruther Library are Dan Glockner and Troy Eller-English. Special assistance from the Ruther Podcast Collective, including Bart Bilmer, Elizabeth Clemens, Megan Courtney, and Paul Neerink. Of course, this podcast could not be done without the research and the support of the entire Ruther Library staff. To learn more about the Ruther Library, or if you have any questions, please visit our website at www.ruther.wayne.edu. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. And bathrooms. And bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, I mean... No, yeah, yeah. Everybody's always looking for a bathroom. (laughs) You can't have all that free hot chocolate and, like... Never visit a restroom. And a winter porta potty is a grim experience. <laughs> 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 <laughs>